You're listening to the Super Expander Podcast. Align goals are pivotal for expansion. You don't need me to tell you that. But what happens when your flame weakens? What really happens when it totally goes out? Reignite Your Goals starts with awakening to the emotions that pull you further and further away. Letting go of your shame, denial, and frustration, and figuring out why your body is resisting your goals are the key to success. Regulate your nervous system, release the blocks, and reassess your path forward because your goals are ready to be reset and reignited. You are in for such a treat today, welcoming Super Expander Kelly Thompson. She's a women's leadership coach and a speaker who helps women advance to the rooms where decisions are made. She's coached and trained hundreds of women to trust themselves, lead with more confidence, and create a career they love. She's the founder of the Clarity and Confidence Women's Leadership Program and a Stevie Award winner for Women in Business Coach of the Year. She is the author of the critically acclaimed book, Closing the Confidence Gap, Boost Your Peace, your potential, and your paycheck. Ah, Let's dive in. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back. I am so thrilled because I think I made a new friend before we hit record, and that's what I'm really most excited about. But the second most exciting thing is that I get to share my new friend with you. I'm so excited to welcome Kelly Thompson to the Super Expander Show. Welcome, Kelly. Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully we can all be friends at the end. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the goal, right? We were just talking about making friends in different interesting places. And who knew that a, a podcast could be the best place to, to find your new bestie? <laughs> and you're like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> that's, that, you're just jumping I'm all in. From zero to 60. And- <laughs> <laughs> Ella didn't warn you. So we are here because a mutual friend, Ella, introduced us. And she said, you know, Corey, you've got to talk to Kelly because she was just on my podcast and she knocked my socks off and you've got to have her on the super expander. So here we are about to open up this dialogue about all things just super expander land. But before we dive into that, I'd love to know, because I don't even know yet who you are on a soul level. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind was like, I'm just sitting here trying to figure it all out. Like when I think about who I am on a soul level, like I'm a mom who's trying to figure out how to parent a daughter who's now, well, and I'm married too. We're trying to figure out how to parent a daughter who's in college and how do we figure out, like, honestly, on a soul level, how do we stay connected with her still? You know, like I'm a wife to my husband, Jason, you know, we're trying to figure out who we are and how our relationship is different now that we are empty nesters. And, you know, I've been five years in my business of helping women advance to the rooms where decisions are made. And honestly, I'm still figuring that out too. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? I think, you know, at a soul level, it brings like my heart tremendous amount of joy to help people find clarity and build confidence. But I think it's always an ongoing journey of like what that actually looks like. So I'm still learning too. And I'm okay with oh, it. I love that. And see, now you have to know that you, you're, we're going to be best friends because I have a daughter who has graduated from college, so I can help you in in that. So we get get to have like this, like this give and take. So you can ask me any questions that you want when it's your turn to ask. (laughs) Oh, I know. Because my daughter's just, you know, ending her first semester of her freshman year. So we're new. Like we're like, we have like a newborn in college. We're like newborn parents right now. (laughs) It is. It's so, it's so like that. I also love the transparency and, and vulnerability of talking about how 
you're already five years deep into what you do. And you have this feeling of like, I'm still figuring it out, which is, it really is the truth. Like, you know, life, business, we don't get a, an instruction manual on this, even though, I don't know, because that's the coaching business. We do try to, we, we actually ask people to, to pay us because they want the, the blueprint. But the real matter of the fact is, is that we, none of us have like hard and fast answers. So with that, let, let's just like kind of bring that to top of mind in leading people in what you, in what you do, which is helping people find, get the answers that they need in the rooms from the decision makers, right? How do you navigate, which is an ever-changing landscape, especially I think in the way that the world operates today? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to answer the question in the context of what we were just talking about, which is figuring everything out, because I want to yeah. talk about one of the things that gets in the way. So one of the things that I experience, and I'll just kind of drop you into the story. Like I remember sitting in corporate and I was in one of those all day leadership meetings, you know, the ones where it's like after one o'clock, it's after lunch. You're like, oh my gosh, conversations going in circles. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, oh gosh, we keep hearing from the same people over and over again. And when I, you know, realized it, I worked at a bank at the time and banks were mostly male dominated. They still are to some extent. Most of those voices were men. And I was so annoyed. I remember we, we finally got a bathroom break and I go into the bathroom, go to the stall and I'm like, ugh, so annoyed. Why don't these women speak up in here? And it's almost as if like the bathroom stalls came in and they were like, well, you could be the one to speak up. I'm like, ugh, who am I to speak up? I'm like, but first I should work here longer, even though it'd been like 11 years. But first I should make sure I don't sound silly. Oh, but first I should make sure that I know what I'm talking about. But first I should like go read another like research paper, like, but first, but first, but first. And I wish I could tell you that I walked back into that room and like I had had this bathroom stall epiphany and I spoke all the things and said all the things and had mic drop moments. But I want to reassure you all that I did not. And I said nothing. But what it illuminated for me in that moment was that I had things to say. I had ideas and opinions, but something was holding me back. And when we talk about not knowing it, at that time, when I look back, I kind of diagnosed myself with something that I see in myself and I saw in my clients with something called pedestal syndrome. And what that means is lots of times I think we put people on a pedestal because maybe they have a higher title than us. Maybe they've been in a coaching business longer than us, right? Like you might be listening saying, well, Kelly must know everything because she's been in a coaching business for five years. We put people on a pedestal because they have more letters behind their name. And we start to think that just because that they have these things or this situation that they must know better than us and they must have it all figured out And so I should probably self-censor my ideas a little bit because whatever they're doing must be working in all these sorts of things. But all that really does is it just keeps us silent because what we're doing is we're overestimating everyone else's intelligence and we're underestimating our own. And so when I bring it back to, you know, how do we really help women move forward? One of the things that we spend a lot of time on, whether you're going to be running your own business or you're in corporate, is how do you stop underestimating your own intelligence? And how do you start like, you know, owning the, the talents and the gifts and the perspectives that only you can bring to a conversation? Because one of the things that I can tell you from now, looking on the other side of it, being in coaching, executives come to coaching looking for answers too. I have CEOs that sit on the other side of my coaching screen saying, what do I do? I don't know. How do I handle this? What's the right way forward? And so I think we just really need to normalize how common it is that like all of us are just figuring it out and we can pull people off the pedestal so that we can really move forward with our own intelligence, ideas, whatever that might be. There's just so much wow going on as I'm listening to you. I'm just like nodding my head for anybody who's like just listening. I was like the whole time, just nod, nod, nod. Because, well, on so many levels, first of all, inside of that pedestal syndrome, 
it, it's something I've seen, especially in the realm that I operate in. And the piece of that that really comes top of mind for me is the idea of, you know, the emperor's new clothes, that childhood story. I see that so rampantly in, and it's across so many industries. I actually, when I was in real estate, I remember being like, you know, the top producers and here I am this like baby in this massive industry. And you're like watching all of these people whom are hiring these, you know, the, the big dogs, right? Because they're the big dogs. And you're like, but you're not even like, there's so many things wrong and no one's saying like, you're not getting the service yet. That same person that got the service and was mad then turns around and recommends that person to another person, which perpetuates the whole thing. And this is not just real estate. This is in coaching. It's in corporate. It's across the whole thing. And it's because it's what you're supposed to do. And this like outsourcing of power and you want to be like, get the attention of the big dog. So if you refer them, it's like, somewhere in there that like integrity piece of like, why would I refer that person to someone else knowing that they didn't do a good job, but I want them to pay attention to me because maybe that's going to expedite my success. Mm-hmm. And it's like something that has stuck in my side since I was I, probably like 22 and selling my first house. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've never read that book, but I can see how that happens and how sometimes I think that maybe we have this false sense of security that if I choose to align myself with someone in an organization because they appear to have power or the say or whatever that is, then, or if I just copy their tactics, I see that a lot, especially with women, because that's who my primary client is, is sometimes they get promoted and they have this unconscious thing that says, well, in order for me to be a successful leader, I need to act just like John, who was the leader before me, or John, who is the CEO. And so we start taking on all of these characteristics that aren't even authentic to us, or make decisions that don't feel good for us. And then all of a sudden, we've like climbed our career ladder, we're at the top, and we're like, crap, we're like, it's against the wrong building. I don't even like who I am, who even am I as a leader? And that can be a really big confidence killer. When we just start to like you say, like, you know, eyeball people, we think we need to copy or to follow. And we like leave behind our own ways of leading that feel good for us. Yeah, I could see that also being a big thing that leads to burnout for women, especially when we're, as women are climbing and becoming, you know, becoming there's more women, female CEOs, more female executives than ever before. But you're mimicking from a masculine perspective, because that's been the model that was ahead of you. And so that you're, you know, emulating, emulating that instead of owning your own central like uniqueness, your own special sauce. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of, kind one of, of the things one. I really encourage my clients to think about is as they accelerate in the corporate environment, and I would encourage this for anyone who is, you know, building their own business too, is it is just so we have to remember, like we work in a patriarchal environment. It was not that long ago, 1974, like this is our mother's generation for you and me anyways, for some people listening, maybe their grandmother's generation where women couldn't even open a bank account or credit in their own name until 1974. Women didn't go to work. We are still working in a workplace era that's dominated by policies that were created by men for men. So we have to be really cognizant of what we're buying into and what we're being promoted into. And one of the things I really work with my leaders on is to think about what are your values as a leader? And I define values as those things you stand for. What do you stand for as a leader? What do you want to be known for? When people are talking about you on Teams or the water cooler, like what do you want them to say about you? You know, what do you want them to say about the environment that you create? And I think I, you know, really encourage women to slow down and think about, do you just want to show up and keep the norms of overwork and crazy hours and, you know, all of these old ways of working that don't work? Or are you going to use this opportunity as a leader and your promotion to create like a 
like create work that feels good. Like create work that like not only feels like you and a place that you'd want to work in, but that like wants to bring in other people too to work in as well. And so it's really, like you said, just challenging what has always been done. And instead it's like, how am I leading in alignment to what I stand for? Mm, I got chills as you were, were saying that, which kind of wants me to, wants me, like my chills want me, I can't even speak English right now, but it, <laughs> my body wants me to circle back to how that connects to who you are on a soul level, just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do a lot of work. Let me actually, let me back up. So I left corporate because I was working for a leadership development coach and consultant. And in that role, I had tremendous amount of travel and it was great for a while. But then my daughter got to be in middle school. She was involved in stuff. I'd met my husband. We'd just gotten remarried. And I'm like, you know what? Like getting laid over and delayed in airports just is not as cool as it used to be. I was tired and I, and I wanted to just be home. And so when I went off and I went on my own, I had some initial clients I took with me. I still was only making about 25% of what I made in corporate. But when you go off on your own, and I've talked to every entrepreneur who's like this, you are desperate for money. <laughs> like you are desperate to like make any dollar you can because you're trying to redo what you did in corporate. And so what that desperation can do is it can cause you to say yes to things that aren't in alignment with your values. And I remember I was on like the precipice of saying yes to something that would require me to travel more than I really wanted to. And I stopped and I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm like, if I keep saying yes to these sorts of requests, just because I need to make money, I am going to recreate the exact scenario that I left in corporate. And that happens to women and my clients all the time. We don't stop and think about like all the ways in which we were creating our current scenario. So even if you switch jobs and you don't fix the broken code, you're going to recreate your lack of boundaries or your, you know, people taking advantage of you or your inability to get feedback at your new job. Same thing in running your own business. You're going to recreate that entire scenario unless you sit down and say, wait a minute, what were my non-negotiables? My non-negotiables were is at the most, I'm going to travel four to six times a year. I mean, I enjoy a little bit of travel. I just don't want to be gone every week. You know, my other non-negotiables, you know, as they arose was I want to work for clients who believe what I believe in. You know, my mission is to help women advance to the rooms where decisions are made. And so if I'm going to say yes to working with a client, I don't want to have to convince them that they need more women on their leadership team, right? That's like already like a shared belief. I had to get really clear on what my values were. And my values were, they still are love, respect, family, creativity, and learning. And so when I think about the clients that I take on, we have shared respect for boundaries right? They respect my boundaries. I respect their boundaries so that neither one of us is overworking. We have a shared mutual respect for the mission. They're, you know, they admire my boundaries for family and my working hours and those sorts of things. And so I think it's just really important that, you know, as you move into a new employer, as you even think about creating something on your own, you need to think about what are my non-negotiables and what do I value? And how am I saying yes to requests that are in alignment with my values so that I don't end up building a business that I resent? So that I don't, you know, make a job change only to re- recognize, oh, this place sucks too, because it's not in alignment with my values and like how I want to work. Mm, so good. So what was the tipping point for you that gave you the courage and the confidence to make the leap out and onto your own? Outside of being in the, the airport, being like, this is the last layover, the last delay that I'm going to sit through, the last soccer game I'm going to miss. What was the, like the, the thing that you're like, okay, I know I'm going to do this. I know I can do this. Yeah. Oh, and I remember I was in the Detroit airport. <laughs> I had my moment and I was racing through the airport 
I had not eaten since breakfast because of delays and layovers and thinking I was going to miss my plane. And I remember my stomach hurt so badly. And I was just like, I'm so done with this. But really though, I remember, I remember the moment. My husband and I were, it was, it was like in the September timeframe and we had gotten in his truck and we were going to go drive around to like, we have like a parade of homes and and I know lots of areas do where they dress up all these fancy new houses and you go walk through and ooh and ah and all this sort of stuff. I remember getting in his truck, closing the door. And I just was so emotional that day. And like, I got in his truck, I just kind of started crying. And he's like, what is wrong? And I was like, we were trying to have a baby. And I had gotten my period that morning. And so for anybody who's been through infertility, like, you know, like how devastating it is when your stinking period comes, you know, like, that's the moment in your life, you're like, I don't want it to come. And so I remember I was so emotional. And, and he said to me, he's like, Kelly, he's like, you know, we've been trying for like three months. Why is this so urgent? And I remember like really going into that. And I was like, this is so urgent because I am like dying for a maternity leave and not for a maternity leave. Yes, I want to have a baby, but I need a maternity leave from work. Like I was, what I was really craving was getting off the road and being home and like not having a trip pop up on my calendar that I couldn't control. And I remember it was in that moment was like, well, yeah, I, I do want a baby. Fast forward, we were never able to have kids, but like it was like, oh, and I also just really want to break. And so I remember I had to wrestle with that for a really long time about how scary that felt. Like, oh my God, I want to get off the road. And I have this job that requires me to be on the road. And you know what? I like this job. I love my boss. I love my team. I wasn't unhappy. I mean, it was a big kind of moment of big cognitive dissonance of saying, this isn't right for me, but I really like these people. So what do I do? So I, I would say like, you know, for a month, I really wrestled with that. And then I think it took me another couple of months to really think about, okay, I, I really need to approach my boss and just have a conversation that says, I love you and working here, but I also need to get off the road. And so I did. And I said, hey, you know, what if I could keep working for you, but just do coaching, which wouldn't require me to travel and not travel all over. And she was very loving. And she's like, you know, I'll give it some thought. And she did. She's like, she came back and said, you know, no, I really, you know, it's part of my business model. Good for her and standing in her boundaries. She's like, that I need you to be traveling. Okay, fair enough. So then I had a choice to make. I had a choice to go off and interview for other jobs that required less travel in corporate. But I remember my boss also said something to me. She said, Kelly, you know, if you ever wanted to start your own coaching business, I think you'd be great at it. She's like, you know, we could talk about some things that we could do to like get you off the ground. And I thought about it. I thought about it. And I remember like going to job interviews and walking in and just feeling like my whole body just like in dread. It's like my intuition was just being like, girl, this ain't it. You know, this ain't it. But I remember then thinking about starting my business and it was like scare sighting. It was so scary. But like, I literally couldn't help myself. I'm like, well, I'm going to go to Wix and build a website. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, I had no idea what I was doing, but it's almost like I couldn't even help myself. Like, like a magnet, like it just started happening. And so, you know, it was really that catalyst of that moment of, I think you could do this. And, you know, honestly, I'm married very well. I had a husband that said, you know what, Kelly? He's like, if you're ever going to attempt to start your own business, now is the time. Just try it now. We have some money in savings. You know, I had a shared client I was able to take over with me. And I just did it in March of 2019. I ripped the Band-Aid. I had this one tiny shared client and, you know, it hasn't been smooth sailing, but it's been sailing for five years. Wow. Okay. So you were a year into your business then when COVID hit? I was a year into my business when COVID hit. And that was, a, that was honestly like 
So I think so many folks I talk to that want to go off in corporate, like they want to leave cor- or they want to leave corporate and go off on their own. And they want to have like this perfect offer that's going to make them all the money that could ever come up. Okay. Let me just tell you that that's not how that works. So I <laughs> went <laughs> yeah. off on my own in 2019. I had this one tiny sh- shared client and I, I had just posted on LinkedIn. I had a couple other like one-on-one clients and I did have a couple of speaking engagements, nothing crazy that was out of my values for travel, but there was some there. So I'm going along in 2019 and it's going okay. And then COVID hits. Well, when COVID hits, like my corporate clients canceled, all of my speaking engagements canceled. So like I lost like 90% of my income, like in a period of three weeks. And at that time I was just doing generic leadership coaching. I'm like, you want to talk about leadership? I'm like, I'll talk about leadership. I was coaching men and women and all the things. And I was still just like just slothing through the world, trying to figure out what it was I really wanted to focus on. So then COVID hit, I lose like 90% of my income. My husband and I are going through IVF. IVF keeps failing. I keep having miscarriages. Like our dog died that summer. I mean, it was just like terrible. And I'm like, okay, listen, if I cannot lose any more money, if things cannot get any worse, like what is it that I really want to do? Like what would I want to do for free? Because I'm basically doing it for free right now because I'm not making any money. And I remember thinking back to being in banking and finance and tech and being in these male-dominated organizations. And I loved coaching men. I was in HR and in training and I loved talking to them about salary, how to negotiate their salary, like, you know, how to have a little more confidence in themselves to apply for the job that they were fully qualified for. And so I was like, all right, this is in September, 2020. I'm just going to start tweaking some of my LinkedIn posts to speak only to women. And once I started to do that and like all just kind of the creativity just kind of came out because it just, I was like, I do this for free (laughs) because I was. And that's when my business totally took off was when I really niched down and said, okay, my mission is to help women advance to the rooms where decisions are made. And that's who I've been talking to for the last four years. That's who the book is written for. Everything came from, you know, really being forced to reckon with like, what is it that I really want to do? What would I do for free? Because I'm doing it for free right now. Mm, I love that. And I really think that basically when we are at that place of what we would call kind of like a rock bottom, that is the moment when you are like dangerous in the best possible way, right? Because it's like you have nothing to lose. And it's the moment when you find so much clarity of like, what is it that I actually desire? Mm -hmm. So I like that that was part of your story. Tell me then, there had to have been in the midst of all of that, a super expander, someone who expanded you into where you are today that showed you, gave you the belief. And I feel like Kind of in a way, a little snapshot, I feel like your boss might have even been part of that because I was just like floored at the fact that your boss, I'm sure she did not want you to go. But that is like, talk about an amazing leader, somebody who is willing to reflect back to your greatness and actually show you and brainstorm ideas of how you can step into that greatness. But there's got to be another story in there. Yeah, you know, so my boss, she's actually an author and a leadership development expert. Her name is Cy Wakeman. If you're in corporate, you may have heard of her. She's she's been around the block as a speaker. And I had met Cy when I was a baby in corporate, like 24, and she had like she was like 3 years out on her new entrepreneurship journey. She had left corporate to teach her own brand of leadership training, you know, back into corporations. And her and I had always stayed connected and I was certified to teach her material. We talk about maybe the first like pre-super expander moment is I was actually flying to a healthcare system to teach her leadership philosophy and we got sat next to each other on the plane. 
And like, that's how we had kind of reconnected again. She's like, hey, come work with me. And honestly, working for her for, I think it was three and a half, four years was, and I, I said this in the credits in my book, had I never worked for her, there is no way I could have been an entrepreneur. Like she is probably one of the most generous, loving, and just like influential and like contagious people you'll ever meet. And watching her run her business, like from a place of generosity of like being generous with like giving content and putting thought leadership out into the world. And like, it was just honestly, like I was working like as the world's best understudy. And then to have like her support to be like, hey, I think really think you could do this. And this is how we could partner. Cause she's like, honestly, I don't want to be in this business. So can you just take this business, you know? And she was just so supportive of that. And I, I have a friend who's now an entrepreneur who used to work for her too. And we comment a lot that like, I think the only way I think her and I are as successful in our business is because we watched someone like her go first. We mm-hmm. watched someone like her run her business. We watched how she made her decisions. She wa- we watched how like she just flourished and grew through content generation and those sorts of things. And so like that, she was definitely the major and first super expander that I gave credit to where I am right now. Mm, that like, you really just defined a, a super expander in that story, the going first, the trailblazer, the generosity, the like, let me hold the door open for you, which we just need so many more of those in this world. They're like, hey, I'm here to help you come, like come with me, not like just watch me do it. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about the the book. I, I want to hear more about this. I, I, well, I want you to share it with the audience because I'm, I'm really excited for them to learn about this book if they haven't read it already. Yeah. So the book is called Closing the Confidence Gap, Boost Your Peace, Your Potential, and Your Paycheck. And the book is twofold. So the book is not only talks about some of the systemic wish- issues that are present in the workplace for women today, but it also talks about like strategies to help us get there. So the, you know, it was interesting. I, I named the book Closing the Confidence Gap before I actually realized that there is a study called The Confidence Gap that came out of Wharton. And what it says was, um, the study said, why is it that men just have an easier job advocating for themselves and seemingly just be more confident in their careers in general? So they gave a group of individuals a standardized test, men and women, and they did not tell them how they did on the test. But based on how they thought they did on the test, they were supposed to go advocate to these potential employers in the study. Well, I think we all know how this turns out. Who did a better job advocating for themselves? The men did. Who did a tiny bit better on the test? The women did. And so the researchers say in the study, well, maybe if we just start telling women that they did better, then their confidence will follow suit. And so my book argues, actually, that's not going to cut it at all. Because for women to show up in their full clarity and confidence, we actually need to see more women in the rooms where decisions are made. And so it unpacks some of the some of the systemic issues that keep women from advancing to the rooms where decisions are made. But I also say, you know what? We can't wake up and change the systems overnight. It would be super cool if we could, but we can't. So, like, let's not, you know, just discard women that are in the system. Like, how do we actually provide real support and strategies while you're in the system? So it's truly like this both and approach of like recognizing, hey, this is what we're working with. And here's some strategies that you can use to know what you stand for as a leader, to overcome what I call the butt firsts, your doubt and imposter feelings, and move forward with more confidence. You know, how do you show up in a way that feels good about bringing your unique skills and talents to the table? And wh- how do you find out what those are? I talk a lot about the unpaid workload and, you know, how do we set boundaries and do a better job of saying no? 
I talk a lot about what we talked about in this podcast. We haven't actually named it, but it's all about it. It's how do you trust yourself? Mm. How do you really learn to go in and make good head, heart, and body decisions as a leader? Because you're going to get a lot of advice. And how do you know when to accept or reject that advice? I give folks a framework for speaking up and then you know how to get into action to create clarity. Oh my gosh. All in one book. You guys need to run right now to order <laughs> the book. Since, and since we're talking about that, what's the best way for everyone to order it? You know, it's, it's on, I always, I always send folks to Amazon. It's technically where any books are sold. But if you're like an Audible listener, I read the book. The Audible version has been really popular. So, you know, just head over to Am- Amazon, but it is at Target and Barnes and Noble and your indiebookstore.com and all those sorts of places. So you can find it there too. Amazing. We'll make it super easy and have the link in the show notes so everyone can nab that book. If you were to, I don't know, give just like some of the most impactful little nugget of advice that you could give, which I know is like, that's a tall order, but what would it be? Mm, Well, let me just think about this in the context of everything that we have talked about today. And when I think about my journey from sitting in that gray conference room to knowing that I couldn't, like, didn't have the skills to speak up, didn't have the confidence to switching corporate careers to leaving corporate, the number one advice that I would go back and you know wish that I would have had more of that I really had to develop that made me the most successful is just to trust yourself mm. and really learn how to listen to the voice of your, 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 your still small voice, basically. Yes. And you know, really knowing how to filter and draw, like learning how to filter all the voices that come in because you're going to get a lot, a lot of advice, you know, whether it's a corporate or you're leaving. And really be able to know, like, does this advice align with my values? You know, what does my still small voice say? Does this move me closer to the type of person I want to become? And I really think that, you know, in these journeys of us accelerating in our lives, like really learning to trust ourselves and our next best step is the most important thing. Mm, it absolutely is. I definitely, definitely can agree with that. I appreciate you so, so much. Where is it? I know everyone that is, is listening is like, oh my gosh, I need to get in her into her world. So what's the best place for people to do that? Yeah, you can come to kellyraythompson.com. I'm Kelly with an I-R-A-E. And if you come to my website, you'll see a free button. I got some free cool stuff you can download that, that kind of talks about some of the stuff we talked about today with career and, and all that good stuff. But I also hang out on LinkedIn. I'm at forward slash Kelly Ray Thompson, or I'm on Instagram at forward slash Kelly Ray Thompson. You can connect with me there. And I always love hearing from folks. So Amazing. Again, of course, in the show notes, we'll make it super easy. All that will be down there for just to, for ease. And and if you're listening and you're like, I, I love this. I had so much, you know, so many juicy aha moments, so, so many takeaways. Make sure when you say hi that you let Kelly know that you heard the super, you found her on the Super Expander podcast. Because I feel like it's always like nice, you know, we always feel like come into our world, but you don't know where they came from. And so it's just nice to know where someone found you. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. So grateful for you. Oh, thanks for having me. Hope we're all friends now. I know. Best (laughs) friends, right? (laughs) We'll catch you on the next episode. Like a fire needs oxygen and fuel. You're not meant to reach your goals alone. Your missing part could be as simple as finding the right community. And if it's not my community, there's definitely the right one out there for you. If you're looking for a place to start, check out the link in the show notes and let this community help you breathe in fresh oxygen.